Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm like, I think I'm having like PTSD flashbacks. I've had a whole day of a child tantruming. Oh no. Yeah, and the worst part is I kept them home by choice to take them to their first movie. You are such a great mom though. Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it was a really, really special day. The movie itself, like the, the time in the actual movie theater went fine. Like he was quiet, he behaved well compared to like other children that were like screaming. Because I do admit there were parts in Toy Story 4 that were legitimately scary. <laughs> But really, having, oh no. but, okay. but like having someone in the theater scream at the top of their lungs, I was like, really? Um, and even <laughs> an adult was like reacting a little too loudly. And I'm just like, really? honestly, but yeah, anyway, so um, the, uh, the day is almost over and I'm getting to talk to you. So, so yeah, <laughs> so so it's getting yeah. better, and I'm hoping, too, that by the time we're done this, that my kids will be asleep and I can just do my thing. <laughs> Hopefully. And I'm hoping after this, I'll forget about the day. And just so everybody knows, our husbands are watching our children while we are locked in our rooms. So. Oh, not me. I believe in unsupervised children. No one told me that that wasn't okay. No, no, no. Like, now he's calm. Like, now my kid's calm, and they're, like, snuggling watching a movie. I'm like, where the hell was this child all day long? But anyways, anyway. Well, it's like they're the cutest when they're sleeping, my dogs and children, and sometimes husband. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love you guys so much when you're sleeping. It's, like, so much more elevated. No, it's true. And then they wake up and you're like, it's gone. You're like, why? I, I have my like fave in here. I got I got Coco in here with me. She's uh, snuggling at my feet and sleeping. So because of that, she is currently my favorite. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so I'm going to start somewhere super weird. Okay. Super weird because it's sort of like off point, I guess, of the tone of what the scene was meant to be. So okay. there was like a... a like, you know, a little scene this week with Drew and Alexis. With Drew, like a little, yes. Yeah, like a little convo. She's in his office, and she kind of, like, encourages him to talk a little bit. But of all of whatever happened, of all the emotional stuff, what caught me was the fact that when Alexis was walking to her chair to sit down, before she got there, she made sure to, like, mm-hmm. rub Drew's thigh to comfort him. I totally didn't catch that and you and I just, catch all that stuff <laughs> yeah you catch all the like inappropriate things and I was just like huh is that because I'm thinking you comfort someone you know the shoulder touch or the like little elbow touch and I'm like I kind of like that if, if I can get away with some thigh touch when I'm comforting a hot As man comforting? That, <laughs> that's something <laughs> Oh my god, just a quick personal story. So I went out for dinner with a friend of mine last week, and at the end of the night, it was like, who's paying for the bill for dinner? And our waiter was quite handsome, and he's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in the middle of this kind of situation. And she puts her hand on his arm and says, that's okay, give me the bill. And then when he walked away, she looked at me like, hey, hey, hey. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 well, please. And I looked at her and I'm like, noted. Challenge taken. <laughs> so tips on how to be a creepy lady. <laughs> creepy old lady. I'm getting into that zone. It's okay. It's acceptable now. Oh my gosh. Well, speak, I'm, well this was a, you know what? It does fall into the category of creepy lady. But so, okay. So Alexis was just on a roll this week. We might as well just finish this one off. So, I mean, she just doesn't know when to stop. Like oh, with gosh. her therapist. Yes. So, yeah. so I mean, she likes therapy. Okay, I think, I think we all think she needs therapy. She's so, in love with therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but what was getting me during that interaction, like when he was really like trying to confront her, and I was trying to debate in my head, like, okay, well, is he being harsh? Can he just set limits? And and I get it, like he already did. But what was bugging me is that he's trying to tell her what's bothering him. Like, you're pushing it. You're not respecting boundaries. And every mm-hmm. word that came out of her mouth was her pushing further into his personal yes. life. And I yes. was like, are you not seeing this? I'm like, 
maybe this is a therapeutic moment and he can point out what she's doing. <laughs> but he had really had enough at this point. He had enough. And then she kept blaming Diane. It's like, are you kidding me? Seriously, right now, you're saying that your friend and your friend, she brought her up a couple of times. She saw how uncomfortable Neil was getting and she just wouldn't let up. But I was surprised that in the end, he gave in after her big proclamation of I'm going to be a better patient. I mean, I guess he felt bad, you know, like, because the last thing she said, and I mean, it kind of hit me too, when she said, I was like, well, that sucks. Because <laughs> she walked away saying, I'll miss this. And yeah, it, it was like, a re- it was a real like, <laughs> you know, knife twist there. So hopefully she can understand what she did. But just watching it, I was like, just stop talking. Because like you said, she went from Diane to then flipping it on him, trying to psychoanalyze her therapist, which I'm <laughs> he didn't really appreciate Everybody too much. Yeah. Uh, like, I have a diploma. I went to school. Thank you very much for your like right therapy for dummies. I really appreciate it. I know. It's kind of it's like it's like, do you need legal advice right now? Um because I, I think it's easy to give. Oh, that would oh be my funny. god. That was just really awkward, and I guess I guess ultimately maybe Christina saved her. I don't know. Oh, big time! And Christina for me, like she gets my gold star of the week. And I know I pick and choose if I give like a thumbs up or a gold star, but she gets my gold star. <laughs> you mean you're not consistent in your like grading system? No, I have like no okay. specific. It's a it's system. a thumb. It's a star body part. <laughs> it's a, a celestial thing. Like I give you ten points. I have no idea. However, the gold star of the week goes to Christina. She really had standout moments that shows her growth and strength, and she was definitely the bridge between the two of them. The therapist and Alexis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, I okay. I admit, I I agree with you. You know, like, the way she's she has come a long way, and I loved even how Sunny let her go off mm. on Silo a little bit. Yes! Um, to stand her ground, and she was able to sort of own up to what she did. And she's Mm -hmm. been consistent in seeking help, which is something that even Alexis commended her for. Recognizing she needed help and actually taking that help seriously and truly working on herself. But the thing that kind of got me (laughs) (laughs) was the jail visit. Yeah, that was weird. It was really weird, and I get it. You know, like, we saw that basically that visit and the whole, the one, the comment that Willow made about secrets being a prison in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, prompted her to have that scene with her mom and Neil. So, so we get that. We get the function of that scene. But I guess for me, I was just like, okay, so you're right. You haven't seen Willow since she basically saved you from a cult. And mm-hmm. she walks in and goes, Michael told me we were here. Like, I figured I'd owed you a visit. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I like that. Oh, I like that gosh. laugh. Um, so, so yeah, I just thought it was a really weird thing because it kind of felt like you saved me from cult quid pro quo I visit you in prison and I was like I don't think that's even Stephen I don't know if that's so I just I just thought like that whole scene was just a bit weird and clumsy like I just felt like if Christina and Willow were to talk after everything that happened that there'd be more a more of a connection exactly and I wanted Christina to be in on this caper and to have an adventure it's one thing for her to be strong and stand up for herself but one I wanted her to be I want her to be involved in something two what made me giggle was when Willow said exactly like what you said like emotions or secrets can be a prison as well but I think Willow has a skewed concept of like actual murder actual prison like oh like she she exaggerates a little (laughs) bit yeah yeah no I think a lot of people would argue that secrets are not like real prison (laughs) I I think her mom would have something different to to say about that but yeah so that was a really I don't know like I said it could have been a little meatier between the two of them same same I agree so I guess you know you had a gold star moment but the stalker moment goes to Shiloh who won't let Brad walk away oh my goodness and that little Wiley that cute little sweet face he just knows exactly what's going on all the time right (laughs) he's so on point and even like one of the pictures I posted he looked very annoyed like (laughs) get me away from my fake real dad okay 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 first fake dad (laughs) get me away from my second fake dad okay so it was I was just like, oh my gosh, like, Brad, just yell. 
or scream. Like, I don't know. Like, you're in a public place, and I just feel like walk away. Walk, walk around away, him. Like, you sooner. Can walk, you know, like, around? No, you have to walk, like, through them? Oh, like- my gosh. <laughs> but, man, Shiloh really knows how to, like, <gasps> yes. great at people. Like, I mean... Well, for the audience, for me personally, like I was losing my crap during that interaction. Like I was getting so angry, especially the fact that it's it's like a parent holding their child yes. and you're holding them both prisoner right there. But then like, so after all of my frustration, I have to say, I kind of laughed because I, because like when I saw like Shiloh hold the rag at first, mm-hmm. I was like, no. And then I was like, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I know. You know? <laughs> I felt the same. My immediate reaction was like, oh, crap, here we go. And I'm like, wait a second. It's not going to show anything anyways. Test it all you want, my friend. Exactly. So then I kind of laugh because I feel like it's like as the audience mm-hmm. and for anybody rooting against Shiloh at this point, it's kind of the only win. And I get it. It's a piss off for anybody who really wants Michael to have his baby as quickly as possible. But yes. I think you and I knew from the start that this would be kind of like a long term thing. Definitely. So I'm not like even now, like even now that everything is sort of unraveling, I'm not really holding my breath. Same. Like I liked, you know, Friday really put segments together in terms of like harmony and where she stood to what she knew and her knowledge and the waitress and all of these pieces together. And it's, it's building it to like this big Shiloh takedown, but I know it's not going to be that simple. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, that's but that's a that's a good point what you were just saying though like the fact that you're pointing to a Shiloh takedown and if Shiloh has been taken down again the whole Wiley thing is a moot point and he remains protected so that's what I mean I just don't really think I don't know if Michael's really going to get his baby anytime soon or like (sighs) over the summer I don't I don't know but that's just what I think like I'm just sort of like for me like it doesn't bug me like I'm not in a rush um for that because it's no. a two-in-one, right? It's a two-in-one. You have, like, you have the Shiloh element on its own. And then you have, like, Michael in the background. It's kind of like after after all this time, we heard him talk about Jonah only, like, last week. So it is possible that he'll be, like, maybe reunited over the summer. But I don't know if it'll be, like, quick, quick. Exactly. I don't think it'll be quick, quick. And I think part of me doesn't want it to be so fast, even though I want yeah, to I mean, be reunited. Either. Because that means Willow will know the truth. And she's gone oh. through so much. And to have that devastating news and for her to, she's already been going through the idea of losing her son, but actually knowing that he's, he's dead is just like, I can't, I just, I feel so much for Willow that I just, I don't want to see that part. I'm not looking forward I to know. what that means on this but flip a, side. But what a good buildup though, right? Because all yeah. this time you weren't really thinking, thinking about this. It's like, oh, Willow's the mother of the baby, but then it's like we almost forgot what was happening, that she was being built up to kind of fall in the end, and I feel like that's just going to add on, because now that you're saying it, I feel like it's really going to add on to, like, what Brad is going to have to face, too. So it's not just that, but, you know, having to deal with the fact that he led someone to believe that their child was alive, too. So, I mean, it really adds a lot of layers and a lot of different anger emotion sadness and a lot to what he'll have to face because they've had enough interactions for willow to kind of take brad on on her own too and can well, and have like a confrontation what's kind of similar to what we were thinking about with the ryan kevin story like even though ryan was the murderer but kevin kept him alive and we wanted to see how his world and his life and relationships would change mm-hmm. based on his decision so now like i can't wait to see how it's going to unfold for Brad, you know, like what's going to happen yeah. with him and Lucas, what's going to happen with Willow, Michael, all of these people. And he's tied to some really, like, why he's tied to some really important people. So Ooh, I have something to say about that. Cause it's not just Wiley that's tied to some significant characters. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about that, I just want to say, like, we were just talking about how, um, like, you know, Shiloh might be going down or there is going to be a takedown. And mm-hmm. so this is interesting. So cinnamon Deb said, I think we're building up to Shiloh's murder and a whodunit. <gasps> Whoa. My brain didn't even go there because I just figured we wanted him to rot in jail. But I'd like to right? see him six feet under. That's all right, too. Yeah. So that's really interesting because, like, I mean, he is a good villain. Yes, absolutely. And so, like, if he stayed, I wouldn't mind him being a villain and in, 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 in a different kind of context. And, like, what would that look like if he stuck around as a villain? So, yeah, that's interesting because that's a possibility, too. Because he's crossing a lot of people and more information is coming out and, 
anyways, as we'll talk about later, like even harmony is starting to come around, uh, to come around on him. But what I wanted to say about powerful people mm-hmm. is that they drop the whole story that Brad actually comes from a mafia family. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Right? So like in my head, I'm thinking, I hate that they like, they skipped over that whole thing. They, they totally skipped over this dilemma. Cause I remember he couldn't marry Lucas because mm-hmm. he was already married to this oh, nurse yes. and the girl that was with Michael. And they didn't really reveal the secret reason that they needed to stay married. And then out of nowhere, Alexis managed to get the divorce between them without there being like any sort of danger. And that's what we were led to believe. And mm-hmm. so it's just, you know, it's just funny because when I think about that concept, if I'm coming from like a mafia family and I'm running to Julian and scared of Sonny, it's just like, I don't know. You're not exactly alone alone. Like you, like you got other people, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I guess he doesn't have those resources. <laughs> but I mean, that would be an interesting storyline to pick up on. Like when they said that, I thought that was going to be like a competing mob family. And then anyways, but that didn't really happen. No. So, I, so yeah, so that was a really <laughs> great ending to my that was thought. such a good story. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> a better ending than this was maybe Scott. I guess it oh, came around to my. like a better ending. I like than I don't what even... he did. I don't even know. All I keep thinking what was like echoing in my head was the shoe. What do you call it? An old shoe? Yeah, or I know this doesn't. I, I know this doesn't make it any better. But I was like, I thought he was referring to himself as the old shoe. But I don't think that helps anything. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be a shoe, a comfortable couch, a comfortable sweater. Your person should not be like sweaty or something you put on or like stinky. Yeah, <laughs> he was proposing comfort, basically. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love that. That should be your thing or title of our podcast. Oh yes, great. I don't have to rack my brain later. No totally but yeah I was just but the thing is at one point even though the whole thing was like bad and we can blame Scott for that he just sort of lost it but then when like Bobby kind of trapped him by going like well you never said you loved me and then it turns out she doesn't love him either so it's just like why why are you adding that on and I mean I get it you you marriage should be about love but anyways I was like are you trapping him because you don't you don't love him either I think you want to prove a point and shake him out of his weird midlife crisis. We have history, know. so so let's yeah. But it's not a midlife crisis. It's an Ava crisis. I it's know. an Ava. Look I at honestly, me that way. Crisis. Yes, I think so too. But you know what completely weirded me out? I don't know how we haven't talked about it, or maybe we did, and I've forgotten because I am getting older. So when Franco and Scott are in the room together and they're sitting there. And Franco did say, it sounds like you're describing Ava. Yes. Franco was also with Ava. Yes. And Scott is in love with Ava. And it never, yes. ever dawned on me until that moment. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah, a father-son <laughs> duo. Well, would it be the first time there was Morgan and Sonny? I know. I know. But I was just like, <laughs> it's gross. I, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. No, but it hit me, like, literally for the first time this week when I was just okay, like... Okay, you too. Oh, okay, good. Okay, because, like, Franco knows who she's talking about, and obviously, like, he's supporting it. Yeah. But it was, like, a long time ago. I, I know, <laughs> but, but it was, it was like, making the connection between, like, you said, she slept with Sunny, she slept with Morgan. She was yeah. with Franco a long time ago, and then there's going to be this new love interest, Scott, is what I'm thinking. But it's, like, it's kind of her thing. It's either, like, really psycho killer, which is part Franco, part... um kevin slash father son type duo oh ava needs therapy from an actual therapist like neil because when she was in therapy before it was with fake therapist kevin no ryan are you saying that fake therapy isn't effective (laughs) (laughs) is that what you're getting at (laughs) i think all that garble and somewhat words yes that is what i was trying to say (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but i just thought it was really funny how like carly was so grossed out about this whole thing but like it's it's she calls Bobby on her crap though. Yes, when I love that like, part. She's like she's like it's like what you don't think how to find love. She's like, well, you're not doing anything about it. Like you're <laughs> saying you want this, but like who are you dating? Like who are you seeking out? And so I'm just laughing because she obviously doesn't want her mom to be with Scott, although yes. she would never ever get in the way. But her speech inadvertently is what is kind of led Bobby to be open. 
to the date. I know, with Scott to the wedding. That's like a big first date. It is, but I mean, like like Scott pointed out, they have history. And she said she thinks of him that way sometimes. But this makes a lot more sense. Like when Frank was like, I didn't tell you to propose marriage. He's like, why don't you just ask her for coffee? <laughs> I thought that was so hilarious. Like, what is Same. happening right now? But I just love the dirty look that um, Carly gave to him. She's the best. She's got those looks down. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, today I was like on online and I saw somebody put together this like montage of her slapping people. But I really <gasps> wish I could see the faces that she was slapping because I'm like, I couldn't recognize some <laughs> the of them. I'm like, man, she slapped quite a bit of people and she puts like her whole body into it. I was like, ouch for anybody on the other side of that. <laughs> oh my God. So speaking of Carly this week, it was an interesting moment when like Jax called her. Yes. Okay. So Jax is so excited. And the first person he calls is Carly. Right. Carly doesn't want to share this big personal thing because, yeah, I know there's that strife. Like, it's weird. Obviously, Strux has been. Well, I think she's maybe recognizing. I think she's recognizing the boundaries. And then for a split second, and again, I don't place any blame on Jax in terms of, like, it bugs me when everyone's always, like, warning him. Like, don't mm-hmm. do anything to provoke Sunny. But then when I was, like, he was all... Let's go by the water and have. I know. I'm like, maybe that's what they're talking about. Like, maybe that's what they're warning him against. But yeah, it was just really interesting because I mean, I guess they're friends. Yes, but but your pregnant ex-wife, you want to take her out to her favorite restaurant out by the water. I really thought he was going to drive over to the house and make her say what's wrong. Me too. And I was like, oh, and then I thought Sunny was going to walk in, and then like, oh, heck, was going to break loose. I, I was just, I was actually a little surprised that she didn't tell him. I thought she was going to tell him, and when she didn't, I thought he was going to come. But I'm wondering, I think maybe I'm having a change of heart over the baby situation. Because at first, I kept going, mm-hmm. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, they have so much going on. They already have, like, a billion kids. What mm-hmm. is the point of this storyline? And then I started thinking, you know, over the past while, the drama for, like, the Corinthos family has been a lot less about mob-related things and a lot more just about their personal life. And when True. they started to have the conversation about the Special Olympics and all the donations and then having to face it and watching them be scared, like, watching Carly be scared. And, you know, Sonny is trying to be the rock and, like, telling her we have the resources and talking about the possibility of having a child with special needs. And we don't really know the outcome. Just watching that conversation alone and really feeling it, like feeling the reality of, you know, having to go through all of these thoughts. And I was like, maybe that was, maybe that is it. Like maybe that is the storyline, like the way that we got to see, you know, a family dealing with a relative with Alzheimer's. And having that be portrayed on TV, like maybe that's the point of this storyline. That it's really just like to have like a depiction on screen, like to to tell the story of what mm-hmm. this would be like. Because I feel like those are the stories that the Corinthos family has been telling. I wonder. That's true. I it is. I'm thinking the same thing, and it shows that Sunny can be strong, and that because Carly's always there for him. Like a lot of focus in terms of you know, his mental health and, and mm-hmm. obviously the career that he's chosen. And there's a lot of difficult times that she's always there for him. And Carly is very strong and she can manage all of her stuff on her own. But in this situation, and because she's the mom and she's growing the baby and you feel a sense of responsibility of taking care of your baby as if you may have done something wrong and she didn't. And he's just showing his strength and it yeah. solidifies their bond and their relationship. And it, it is really cool to see but especially like you said seeing them walk through the situation like with Mike like with the Alzheimer's you just get so drawn into because these are real conversations exactly it was it's real and I guess for me the moment she was pregnant I was looking for the soap opera dramatic reason as to why same but then when I saw the scene this week I was like oh that in itself was you know enough like that it was fulfilling was yeah it was (laughs) I, I was drawn in and I go maybe it isn't about like a dramatic soap story like maybe it's really just story I think so too. I'm leaning towards that. That's what, anyways, that's what I'm thinking on, on that front, but their house is like far from calm. <laughs> and and I'm, I am kind of happy that Carly realizes that there's tension with Joss and Dev in the house. I do. And I like that. She, I like that Carly likes Dev, likes how he's pushing her in a sense, getting her out of her comfort zone. And I absolutely yeah. love Dev. Like I adore the energy and the chemistry that he brings <laughs> to everybody. So, okay, so now what do you think? Because in today's episode, Trina comes in. So now we got the force them all together. And we've actually, this is maybe, this is the second interaction we've seen with Dev and Cam. And I kind of like it. It's super respectful. Dev was super flirting with Trina. 
he oh, was yeah. encouraging <laughs> Cam and Joss. So the worries we had about this love triangle, I'm not sure. So it's kind of hard to tell because we sort of see like hints of pairing off. But then when you have like Joss in his face, like in Dev's face, you start to wonder, well, is this a fun thing or is this like building up to something more? And then you have Trina outside with Cam saying, I'll go with you to the wedding. So at first I was like, okay, we have our friend group. I don't think mm-hmm. Dev is going to get in the way of anything with Cam because we all kind of assumed he'd be sort of the next future love interest when Joss is ready. Yes. But then the way that it kind of ended, I don't know now. I think that Trina's always been a really good friend to Cam, though, and I think that's how it's always going to stay. Like, when they have the room together, like, she always seems to be there. The friend. When Cam, yes, the good friend, but there's there's definitely no vibe. It's just somebody he can trust. So and my... then I feel this... Sorry, go ahead. So the original vibe sort of still stand with the, like, you know, Cam Joss figuring things out and Dev pushing and telling, you know, saying, like, Cam, don't let her off the hook. And, like, the vibe with, like, Trina and Dev, like, flirty, flirty. Yes, like, I think Dev okay. will will help them get together, help Cam and Joss get together, in a sense. Aww. Because he was sort of pushing that, like, why don't you go to the wedding? Why don't you have fun? Like, are you scared to have fun? He was pushing them to be together. And then I love, like, it was such a, they paused on the scene where, like, Dev and Trina were, like, literally checking each other out. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> it was so adorable. It was so adorable. I really, really liked it. I thought it was so funny watching that scene. They're a good foursome, and I'm looking forward to Joss kind of, taking an opportunity to have fun and I think maybe even Carly might push a little bit in that sense like hey why don't you guys go why don't you guys do something she already started that with like take him to the park show him around and that eventually she'll loosen up and we'll see the four of them interact more I really want to see that over the summer I I think we will I think we're getting there the fact that they showed them in a scene all four of them together I think I think Mm, that'll happen and I love how like (laughs) Michael sort of stumbles upon a relative Okay, but did you think that Joss's reaction to Michael was a little excessive? I think it's excessive because of what Trina said. Because because like her her reasoning isn't like a solid one. You know what I mean? Like when you're you're not solid or you're unsure or you're scared, your rationale is also like I find scattered. And that's what Trina was like, she's afraid to have fun. And so she's pushing back yeah, and she's pushing point. back. And so that's why I feel like her brain is scattered because I don't know if she's aware of what it is that she's doing. She's she's because she's scared. She's not ready and she's just scared. Mm-hmm. So like her response is just all over the place because I think that is what's sort of her, her reaction when he asks of that. She's just afraid of taking that step and doing something like that. Okay, good point. So but I yeah, do it, think it was exaggerated the way she was referencing what Michael was doing, and I think it's just like a product of that. Getting back to what you were saying before, Michael stumbling upon a family member, I love the ease. Like, Michael is just so, he just goes with the flow. He's just like, oh, okay, hey, nice to meet you. Then he goes straight to his dad. So what's really happening right now? Exactly. He knows exactly <laughs> what's, what's going on. But I love Brick's um, interpretation of what Sonny was doing because I was sort of thrown in a happy way when Sonny said well I'm just because he's like are you gonna like put him to work and he was like no I'm gonna give him an education like I'm gonna put him in school and I was just so like wow because I'm like you're keeping him (laughs) yeah so so we're keeping him past the summer and so that was really interesting and you know like how he felt that he identifies with Dev and the fact that Brick is saying is this your do-over oh, when I thought said that, that was oh. so cool I, I thought it was a really cool interpretation that he made that this is like a I, mini Sunny exactly and we said though when we saw him the first time that he looks quite similar we talked last week about you know potentially could this be you know actually a member of his family I like the idea that it is a do-over and that Sonny wants to give him the opportunities that he didn't have and that he does see potential in him because it's showing that you know he believes in himself he made a success of himself and he wants to help someone yes and I think that you can have a mini me and you can have all those similarities. You can have the do-over. And I don't necessarily think it has to be his blood. Oh, no. Because I 100% I agree. Yeah, I just think that's what makes it all the more meaningful. Yeah. Like, it, it adds weight to when he says, I'm, I'm paying a debt. And doing, a, and doing a lot more than that. So what did you think of his, uh, I guess, 
cousin Gladys or his dad's cousin, second cousin, I have no idea. But she just had a lot of um, the fact that she asked for more money and she's like, I know who you are. I was just like, wow. right. I thought wow. she was principled because she was all like, no, no. And then she, <laughs> then she wanted more. And I'm like, I don't know. That envelope look, looks really fat. And when he pulled out of his wallet, yeah, like they're hundreds. But I'm like, is it really all that much more than what he gave you? And right. that's swaying you? Just like a couple, like a few, couple bills? You know what I mean? It's like he gave her double the stack or double the payment. He just took out what was in his wallet and gave it to her. She's like, that's sufficient to launch the government, <laughs> you know, like and go to jail for you. I was like, oh. you're special. Um, but I like that he, I, it's always fun to see Sonny be Sonny, like in certain scenes. So like Mm -hmm. how he can negotiate, he tried to get what he wanted and he did get it. But then when he sort of threatened her, (laughs) it's like the way he flips, like in his eyes and his facial expression, I think is like really always really fun to see. Well, it's kind of how how Carly flips too, or Ava, Ava specifically. She has this like it's true. She could go nice. They all have this really neat way of turning it on and off for their character. And then Sunny, you know, he always says something evil and then smiles, and then those dimples come out. You're just like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Speaking of dimples, Shiloh's lawyer could not get enough of those. I loved watching her react to Sunny. It was just so, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. Well, it made me feel like she's, she must be a real fan. Like she must actually like him and, and wanted to see like, and she was lucky enough to have a scene with him and was a little bit in awe. I don't know. I think she's just a great actress. You know, it's very well, that possible too, that, that she's fanning out <laughs> as well. But I just thought, I just really, I really liked it. And I just think it's funny because like, like, I like that she's representing Shiloh, but I like that she sees right through him. Like she knows who her client is. She can't really be manipulated. And I like mm-hmm. that she's having fun with things that she sees pisses him off. Yes, like same. She, and that's why I she, like her. And she doesn't really, you know, she remains like she can't be influenced. You know, she's a lawyer and she's putting herself <laughs> first well, in that in that situation. And it must be creepy. Like I don't I'm so I'm like dying to know, like as his lawyer, what she thinks when she watches him. You because she knows already he's using Wiley as a pawn and that he's thinking of these of like Wiley and Willow as objects. Okay, but what about when Christina stood up to him and then when she left she's like she would be a really compelling witness yeah i started laughing yeah Yeah, because she says absolutely nothing that he wants to hear what would be interesting is that if she stayed on a little bit or even if she made appearances here and there but that she wrote a tell-all about her experience and her thoughts (gasps) about shiloh that would be so good yeah that would be so good I love that idea. I love that idea because I love like, like, you know, lawyer type novels. Mm -hmm. And so if they actually wrote one and she's like going into the case and going into like all the witnesses, I like it because it's very focused. It's not like a fantasy GH, but it's like, it's definitely more focused. Oh, wow. I love that idea. Hear it. Hear it. Someone. I'm not a writer, so I can't write it. So I don't feel so bad about giving away this. (laughs) (laughs) This idea. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that would be really, really interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of hot, which we were not, but we want to. Um, <laughs> so, Jason, as a lawyer, I love that he walked into a prison pretending to be <laughs> an officer of the isn't court. He, but isn't he still in hiding? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's in hiding. <laughs> hiding in plain sight as a sexy lawyer i'm okay with that right i guess nobody recognizes him like would recognize him in a suit because he's not like in a black, black t-shirt, t-shirt ready he's to murder black... with a gun in his hand he's like i don't recognize you without a gun in your hand <laughs> <laughs> you're a nice upstanding <laughs> yeah, but he was like so lawyery and i loved how she's like you're not gonna turn me against shiloh and he's like did he visit you? Did he send you a lawyer? And he like broke her. I loved it. I love that he was able to get through to her. I guess being in prison also helped to make her more amenable to his facts but it, of her life. It did. He, <laughs> and I mean, Jason has had so many experience with lawyers and hearing them speak and get the information that they need. But it also felt like um, some sort of pause in life that even if he was a quarter main, 
maybe he wouldn't have been a doctor and followed suit with everybody else. Maybe he would have been a lawyer. I think he would have made a better lawyer than a doctor. Oh, 1,000%. So it was really neat to kind of see a part of what he could have been, a part of who he is and how that all comes to be. And yeah, he totally broke her. I didn't think that would happen. But when she started, like you can actually like kudos to her for being an excellent actress because you could actually see when the events impacted her and when she was thinking back to what happened. Like I was so in that scene. I am with you. I am so with you, but I got super excited <laughs> because you talked about like how it was like a glimpse of Jason in perhaps another life. And I just thought it was really yes. interesting that we see these scenes in the same episode that Brick talks about a do-over. <gasps> yes! When you said that, it gave me goosebumps because I was like, yes, that's a very good point. And when you're a very involved fan, not crazy, but just very attentive and a longtime fan, you pick up on all these little things and it makes it even more exciting. exciting. And as you say that, a couple of other things come to mind. So we haven't addressed either that the Beatrice Corners cop came to poor Charles and lo and behold, Michael walks into the police station. And everybody's like, Michael would never do that. Michael played the innocent role very well, made the cop look very ridiculous. And then we had a glimpse of Chase and how his morals are now becoming flexible. I loved that scene so much. (laughs) And we're forgetting about, like, my favorite person in that whole scene and that was Mac and I loved it I loved it so much I was like you are so badass and he like takes no crap and he made the guy feel stupid and the best part is is like what's different than before where Mac had this sort of like crusade against Sonny and I mean he that's the point like anybody who's commissioner like you want to put people in jail <laughs> like you right? want to you know you don't want to be made to be a fool but he's had so many years living in the gray area doing other things and not being a cop and then to have right. him back I find he's way more mellow about it because he flat out knew that they were lying <laughs> like <laughs> like at the end when he comes to them like for, well actually no he didn't know that they were lying I didn't know that Michael was just gonna like spew everything out like that I, know. I, I, I was like, Michael, you're in a police station. Why are you telling the truth? Like, why are you telling <laughs> the, the police commissioner that you, in fact, committed that crime? That's well, not that you, smart criming. <laughs> right, that you committed the crime. And one, you're hanging your friend out to dry who just, like, put his neck on the line to right? give you an alibi. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that Billy guy walk right in, like, dun, 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 I was like, oh, my God, I'm so disgusted already and super annoyed that you're there. And the fact right? that you thought you were so important, like, my favorite scene was when he was like, oh, I'm going to call the FBI. I'm like, really? Like, they don't even probably don't even know what Beecher's Corners even is. And um, and, and then when he went back, <laughs> shoves the phone and he's like, go ahead. I was like, that's so hot. my day. <laughs> The whole thing was amazing. And I mean, it's, it's so cute because like Chase like desperately wants to like cross lines and do bad yeah. things. But it's like, he's like baby stepping it. He's like, I was with him at the gym. <laughs> like, how does that, it doesn't help anything. Like, I don't know, Michael was going to get away with it. There was no cameras at the Beaches Corner, right. like where they were, they established that. No ID, no fingerprints. Like, we didn't need it. But I love that he was testing the waters of what it felt Def- like. And definitely. Before, poor Chase like he definitely has like a case of FOMO because it's like because <laughs> like Michael's all like Chase you focus on the law everyone else everyone else but you will handle Wiley <laughs> like you know everyone like, it's just, I felt so bad for him it's so lonely because he's the only one trying to work on the side of the law right and everyone else is just like yeah cross lines and we're working together how you doing over there chase (laughs) you keep you keep upholding that law (laughs) yeah it isn't working and it's not helping matters but yeah i just it's it's really funny and i kind of like seeing him how like expressing loyalty to to michael because they're buddies i agree i I love seeing them together makes my heart happy yeah, and, okay, I love Jordan, you know, I do, and I think mm-hmm. it's great that she got made commissioner, 
But I really love Mac as commissioner right now. I love because you know what we've been talking about a lot is needing to use these legacy characters, and yes. all of a sudden we get like Mac as commissioner. We get um, Robert as the DA, and I'm just dying because like you know mm-hmm. I don't like like knowing spoilers ahead of time, but yes. I think I had read somewhere or found out. Mm-hmm. That he was going to be like DA. And I was just dying because I, I, I literally just mentioned it to Johnny. And I didn't think it was going to be happening in the very scene we were watching. And then all okay. the little bits I was saying he was repeating. Like, the governor. I went to law school. Laura's like, what? And I found twice this week, Laura mm-hmm. played the role of the audience. Because she, yes. she sat there with Robert being like, you think you know someone? I had no <laughs> idea. You're a lawyer. Or knew the governor. And then she finds out he's getting to be DA. So I kind of like that we have, that we're using these characters. And and the second time I found that Laura was really acting as the audience was during her conversation with Cam. Oh, that Cam, that, that sweetie. So glad that Laura had that conversation with him. It was important and it was necessary. And I wish they went a little bit further. What, in what way? Well, she talked about the fact of losing a father figure. And I, and I want to get more into Cam's story. Like we said, we want to see him grow. We want to see him potentially get an internship with Drew. But we also need to know a little bit more about his past. Only when you mentioned his dad that I remembered who it was because you reminded me. Okay, so listen to this. Sincerely too said, I think it's time for Cameron to meet someone from his dad's side of the family so he can get to know a little more about who his father was and his dad's side of the family because Elizabeth never talks about his real dad even though Xander is dead. Because like I feel yes. like he was so young when it happened and soon mm-hmm. after Lucky came in. And we forget that Cam was also close with Rick. Rick, yes. Yeah. So he was, he was he was close with Rick as well. But yes, when she said this, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? I never even freaking thought about this. You know, like, because we know that his dad's dead, but the, but yes. like, and then it started to make me think, because I remember when he got shot, his father mm-hmm. was there. Because <gasps> there was like a standoff with the police and his father mm-hmm. was there. And from what I remember, I think he was like a, like a psychologist maybe. So I don't remember if his dad is like, if like um, Xander's dad is still alive or what happened shortly okay. after that. But yeah, I think that would be really interesting i think so too and and talking about um pop-up relatives i would like for somebody from camp's past so he can just see a little bit more outside of his world and understand the other side of his family but then we also had that interesting situation with um jordan's mother-in-law which at the moment why is her name escaping me stella stella and that whole dna test and to to figure out who she's related to like they kind of played on that a couple of times I know. I'm excited about that. Like I said, I'm really excited to see the Ashford family grow. And mm-hmm. just wanting to know, like, what that means for the person coming in and who they're going to be connected. I find that, like, super, super exciting. Um, but, yeah, I just think that Laura handled the conversation really well. And I think what makes it a lot easier for her is that it's not her kid, so there's not that, like, wall. Yes. But at the same time, she was really honest she like allowed him to say what he said and didn't like put him down for saying things that sound bad but were true Mm -hmm. she validated everything that he was saying because like you know of course elizabeth's not going to want to hear it i get it Mm -hmm. you know she's with franco she's not going to want to kind of say or admit these things but he kind of needed to hear that and having someone just listen and validate because it doesn't change anything like the past was your past this is exactly what happened. And she said, everything you're saying is true. Now, the question is, is it helpful to you <gasps> to hold on to things the way that you are? It was very key. And especially the part two about how your relationship with your parents is always changing. Mm-hmm. So it's never going to really stay the same. And that Laura herself had a difficult relationship with Leslie at times. But in the end, you know, she loves her unconditionally and all of that. So, yeah, I think that was a talk that Cameron really needed. And it came from the right person. In terms of Elizabeth that day, her hair looks great that way. I don't know what it was, but her look on that on that day was really great. Maybe she was testing out wedding hair. Maybe. But you know, <laughs> okay, I, I want to know this. Okay, so is what they were doing with Franco and Cam normal, like how it always is? 
or did you feel like they were playing it up? Because like, I mean, I do get it. It is, it is up and down. Like every time even me as an audience member watches it, I'm like, oh, I thought they were good. Like he'll get attitude from Cam and I'm like, didn't they just have a good talk? Didn't Cam just say that he forgives? Like it, it is confusing, but I was wondering, were they playing it up at Charlie's or no, this is sort of the up and down of their relationship. I feel like that we're playing it up for a couple of reasons to show the up and downs of just being a teenager and that things can change on a dime and depending on the mood he's in and what he's gone through. And I also think that it's the big buildup for potentially, you know, Cam making a speech to Franco at the reception or like this heartwarming okay. loving moment afterwards. Cause that makes sense. Cause it's like, I know things are challenging, but it's cause it was, it wasn't just even at Charlie's. It was even the comment he made to Scott earlier. Mm-hmm. you know like do you want Cam? Take him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was super funny oh but okay so okay about Scott actually real quick so mm-hmm. Jackie Volrath said maybe Ava will get jealous when she finds out Scott proposed to Bobby oh 1000 percent. that is exactly you think so? what's going to happen oh yes oh okay because I don't know she because like I just feel like She's acting like he's really not on her radar. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little exaggerated, Ava doing that. I think that she's acting like Ava doesn't have many friends. And we know that she doesn't know how to do that. She doesn't know how to have friends, much less a man as a friend. So for her, he's always just going to be around. She doesn't need to do anything to put on her act to be that Ava character. But when she sees them, you know, maybe she'll see them right before the wedding the wedding reception or maybe she is going to the wedding reception and maybe she'll see uh, a giggle um grazing hands a handhold a kiss on the cheek and that will kind of amp things up for her i i hope so because i think the idea of scotty and ava would be awesome um cat's rule said the same thing she was i love scotty but i would love to see him with ava because at first i was thinking okay if him and bobby were together it plays into this whole like make use of our legacy characters and do something with them but i don't know like like Bobby said, you know, like the love really wasn't there and they will go on this date. Um, it hadn't worked out in the past. He did mm-hmm. cheat on her. So we'll see how it goes. But I just think that there's so many more like sparks with Ava. Same. Okay. So one thing this week, they, they made a an Anna reference. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about her. So they made an Anna reference. <laughs> and I was dying because it's like, because the whole point was she went to go visit her sister in prison. So it's like yes. that doesn't really take all summer. Um, so when they made that little uh, comment being like, Alex escaped, I'm like, of course, Alex escaped from mm-hmm. the super high security prison. <laughs> you put the most dangerous people. Uh, so yeah, so that just sort of extends her little trip. But I just loved when Finn was talking to Chase about it. And, and Finn was saying, but you know, Anna feels that she has to go after her sister. And then Chase's like, I get it. It's a sibling thing. <laughs> just I'm like, I'm so like, oh, cute. you're such a little sweetie. And okay, so my, my favorite moment of that breakfast. Okay, so I love, like I said, I really love Finn really mingling in with people. Yes. And how he went over and it was really cute talking to Jordan. And I loved how Jordan responded to Curtis. All up in like when he was like in his suit and everything. <gasps> oh, make my. sure your colleagues know you're married. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that he, was so cute. When he stood up, I was like, oh, what it, what is happening right now? Right. <laughs> I have to say, like, I was very much taken with him in the suit, mm-hmm. but then I became super annoyed with him at Crimson. <gasps> oh my god, seriously, right? My emotions went from like, and then he was going through the drawer, and then he was doing that annoying noise thing. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I was really irritated, and I was kind of annoyed that he found files. Me too. Because I don't know how Jax knows Cassandra Pierce or about Cassandra Pierce. I don't know if that is just research. Just research. Like, in my mind, it's because she's associated to Valentine. So it's all people that surrounds Valentine is who he had research on. So I didn't think it was a bad thing. I don't I don't want Jax to be placed in that role of like being the bad guy or having a connection or having some underlying big dark motive. Exactly. I just don't want Valentine to be right or justified. And again, mm-hmm. it's just the whole thing is just rubbing me the wrong way because I just feel like I I basically agree with Jordan yes. and I think that he's just on the wrong side on this one. I yeah, I agree too. Those are my thoughts. I have one last thought. Do you have more what? thoughts? I don't have a 
like a, a specific thought, but I do love these history lessons. I love that we have listeners who kind of like give us a little bit of information that I wasn't aware of. So at Thomas JM1227 gave us a little bit of a background on Robert because he also loves that like Robert is back and sort of working with Mac. So basically he's letting us know that when he started watching in 1981, that was when Robert uh, teamed up with Luke and Laura to stop Mykonos Cassidyne from freezing the world. Whoa. That's a serious mission. Yeah. So they go way back on him and Laura. I love so that. He, so he's saying, okay, so Robin and Laura are great as friends. So I think he's trying to tell us like, cause you know, he kind of asked her out to the nurse's ball. Right. That's true. But they're just buds. We're good. Yeah, I think so. So what was your last thought? <laughs> well, my last thought is just a super cute scene that stuck out to me. You know how much I love Sam and Jason. They're completely adorable. Oh, but right. when they were when they were in their house in the like getaway house and they were in their jogging pants. Because you know how much I love like those normal scenes. So they're both in their jogging pants. That's They've what was striking about super, it, wasn't it? Yes. And yeah. they're super cute. She was just like in a normal, like that's what I wear to go to bed sometimes. Jogging pants and a black shirt. And she's like, uh, she loves it when one of them are a fugitive. And just the banter of them being totally cute in their jogging pants, having breakfast, but they're, she's harboring a fugitive. And the fact that they can banter and be cute about it and still be all lovey-dovey and he throws her on the bed. And I was like, he's got a damn good job. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think he, like, and at one point he, like, leans into her because he wanted to, like, go with her or something. Uh, yes. And, and she's like, you can't. And he's like, make me. And I was just like, okay, <gasps> okay. But Sam? She just looked beautiful yes. in that scene. And I realized later it's because everything, like you said, was really stripped down and very real. And they were in joggers and they were just very cute. Everyday life, but with the extreme topic of conversation. Yes, you gathered my thoughts beautifully as you always do. Okay, I lie. There is one thing I wanted to mention. Go for it. Poor Peter. He's in a just losing battle. <laughs> he, the poor guy's at the metro port between Maxie and Lulu. One, oh, he tries to put his foot down with Lulu, and then inevitably she always gets her way. And he's like, wait a minute, that's dangerous. Okay, fine, whatever, do what you want. Maxie, I never agreed to help you. Okay, fine, I guess I'm doing whatever <laughs> it is that you want. And I'm like, I don't think he knows that, like, there is no putting your foot down. <laughs> like, like no. I, I, just, I was just laughing. I was just watching with that scene, and I'm like, poor guy you have like no idea what you're in for no and he's just such a sweet little puppy and he just wants to make sure everybody's happy and they were talking I love the conversation about best about friends, best friends. <laughs> yeah best friend is a tear <laughs> yeah I actually, I actually love that line and so I guess he feels like if I'm your best friend then I guess I should ignore everything I thought about why this oh, is not gosh. a good idea <laughs> Oh, I find that super hilarious. Very cute. This week was an awesome week, and I look forward to see what the heck is going to happen with this baby and Shiloh and all the rest. Me too. Oh, and before we go, we want to wish everybody a happy fourth, and to the Canadians, a happy first. No, it's a happy <laughs> Canada Day. <laughs> happy Canada Day. <laughs> that is the perfect way to end this. This is so No, 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 not no, 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 no. I am editing this out. Okay, so happy Canada Day and happy fourth of July. Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>